0: Welcome to Ethics and Etiquette, a thought-provoking dialogue about everyday dilemmas. We offer you insights and perspectives on sticky situations so you can scrutinize your choices and exercise your own ethical muscles. Today, we're talking about online reviews. Do you read them? Do you write them? What should you keep in mind when you're looking at anonymous opinions in the online world? I'm your host, Marna Ashburn. Let's meet the other members of our team. First up is wife, mother, and attorney Kelly Halligan Zimmerman. Good morning, Kelly.
1: Hey, Marna. Hi, Mike. Good morning,
0: everybody. And Mike Derrick, a retired Army officer, combat vet, and father of four. Good morning, Mike.
2: Good morning, Marna. And good morning, Kelly.
0: In 2019, we did a show on last-minute cancellations and no-shows. A gentleman had an MRI scheduled, and he had to sign a form that he understood he would be charged a penalty if he did not show up for his appointment or if he canceled late. He did show up, even leaving a family camping trip for the MRI. Upon arrival, he found the facility locked and unavailable and later discovered he'd been the victim of a scheduling error. After such punitive warnings about missing his appointments, he was understandably annoyed. We suggested he speak to the practice manager, perhaps suggest they waive the copay to adjust for his inconvenience, but we had little hope they would. Finally, there was the option of leaving an online review, as they can level the playing field a little. And in this case, I think it was the right advice. In other cases, though, I've come to reconsider that that's the fair thing to do. My sister, who is a primary care doctor, recently sent me a response to our suggestion to write an online review, and her response opened my eyes to some special considerations regarding reviews of doctors and, I should say, attorneys as well. And Kelly's going to weigh in with that a little, but let me just read the paragraph from my sister. When a patient seeks the care of a physician, it's for advice and recommendations based on years of knowledge and experience. There are treatments, tests, and interventions that may be inappropriate because we know from experience all the bad things that can happen, even though Dr. Google says this is what is needed and will fix everything. Sometimes patients aren't happy when a physician won't provide tests or treatments that are potentially harmful or expensive or simply inappropriate. Sometimes it upsets them enough that they write a negative review on any number of available websites. Most of the time with web reviews, the company has the opportunity to respond and try to explain or make things right. Physicians do not have this opportunity because of fear of violating the ethical physician-patient confidentiality and fear that an already unhappy patient will file a legal HIPAA complaint. And HIPAA stands for Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, and that regulates how patient information is shared. It's pretty impossible to respond to any review without revealing some private information. So, what do we want to say about our advice to write an online review about doctors or even lawyers? Kelly, you want to start?
1: Sure, Marna, thanks. I, I think your sister raises a lot of good issues. Um, from a legal perspective, um, it's somewhat similar to HIPAA. Uh, the attorney-client privilege applies to most communications between an attorney and their client, but there are exceptions. And just real quick before I address the specific question about online reviews, exceptions include if you have a client who expresses that they are going to commit a crime, a future crime, you have a duty to report that. Um, If there's risk to public health, if you have a client come in that represents a business, for example, and, and they indicate, oh, gee, we had an accidental discharge of toxic waste into our town's water supply and you know, we want you to help us <laughs> cover this up, or we want you to help, help us in, in some manner, um, regardless, you need to tell them, hey, I have a duty to protect the public. I'm going to have to report this. And the, another couple of ways that allow you to potentially share confidential information is if you're defending yourself in a legal malpractice case. And the same is true with medical malpractice or a disciplinary matter. Um, you can share confidential information as reasonably necessary because the privilege is viewed as waived. Um, the ca- same can be true if you have to try to collect attorney's fees because you are entitled to be paid. Um, but to get to your specific question, the ABA Journal, and there's a number of ethics opinions throughout the country that have said it is okay for an attorney to respond to an online review. However, you cannot reveal confidential information acquired during the professional representation. And the response has to be proportionate and restrained. And there just are a number of opinions in a number of different jurisdictions that say this. So it does seem to be applicable throughout most states. I will say that. Um, however, it's interesting, and I agree with um, this one professional who said hey, there's no ethical risk in not responding. So sort of let it go. Then you don't have any risk. But I also saw some really good suggestions, just to wrap it up, that might apply even to your sister's situation or a doctor. And the suggested responses include that the attorney could be respectful and just respond and say, you know, these allegations are false, but my ethical obligations prohibit me from responding in detail, and leave it at that. I also saw a quote of, hey, Just say this. (laughs) And so I'll read what it said. I I, I thought this was great. Lawyer confidentiality obligations prevent us from correcting the factual background in this post. We are very proud of our track record of client satisfaction and favorable results. So I thought that was a good suggestion. I thought
0: that was a very good one, too. That's good. Very very tactful.
1: Yeah, and and a a doctor could do that as well. You know, HIPAA or privacy obligations prevent me from correcting the factual background in this post, and you, you could just adjust it. So
2: Yeah, no, that's very good. I mean, you could say the same thing for, let's say, an accountant or a broker, anybody who handles personal information.
1: Yeah, and it was funny, because um, the article I found, which is excellent, and I'm going to ask you to post it, Marna, if, if that's okay, um, was in the ABA journal, and it was entitled How to Ethically Respond to Negative Reviews from Our Clients. Um, so, uh, it had some funny examples of what attorneys did which obviously was so wrong <laughs> you know like like an, a, a client complains about something and the attorney responds and says yes well if you hadn't attacked your wife and beat her up you wouldn't be in this bad situation oh, geez. you know just really like oh, getting no. in, yeah, yeah. <laughs> just revealing clearly confidential information or one was a domestic matter a divorce and the attorney shared you know that that the woman had a boyfriend and oh. you know just just wow. uh, yeah just kind of lost their head in in responding to the post pretty emotional stuff yep Yeah, so just keep in
0: mind if you're reading some emotional reviews of a doctor or a lawyer or a broker, just take it with a grain of salt because cooler heads may not be prevailing. And the doctor or the lawyer really can't respond because they're bound by certain... Um, ethical principles not to reveal confidential information. So take that into consideration. Let's talk about what you as a consumer should think about when you're reading reviews and trying to decide whether you want to buy something or hire someone. The first thing I want to say is buyer beware. There are fake reviews out there. There is a whole industry of providing fake reviews, positive and negative. You can go on Fiverr and people are offering their services. Other companies will hire people to write bad reviews for their competitors and post them. So think about that. Don't believe everything you read. Maybe a reviewer got a free sample for a favorable review, you know?
2: Absolutely. Yeah.
0: When you read a review and the reviewer goes overboard with over-the-top praise or criticism, again, beware. You might want to throw out the highest and lowest scores, either the really over-the-top reviews or the really poor reviews, and take a look at the middle reviews and see what they have to say. Don't base a decision on one review. Get additional reviews. There have been times in my life, you guys probably too, where there were movies or restaurants which were enthusiastically reviewed, and I would go to them and when i left i was thinking um well apparently we don't agree on what makes a good movie or a good restaurant because no way no how does this match the enthusiastic reviews
2: yeah very true it's the whole yelp syndrome yes i don't know if you guys use yelp for restaurants but and i know yelp does more than just restaurants but uh again you sort of have to look at the metadata they're probably not and none of them are as good or as bad as sometimes the reviews would make them sound but it can be helpful.
1: Yeah, I, I definitely think it can be helpful, especially if you're in a place that you're not familiar with. You don't have friends to, to obtain those word-of-mouth references or recommendations. Um, one of the things I look at, and we were talking about this earlier, Mike, is just the number, the sheer number of reviews. You know, if there's 500, a 1,000 reviews. It really gives you a good idea, I think, of what the business is about and how they're doing. And I especially look at the really recent ones because that really tells you where they are when you're about to use them, whether it be a restaurant or a car repair place. Or, But I also think using other more reliable forms or indications of the quality of a, of a service is more advisable or better. You know, like for a restaurant, you could use the Zagat survey or your mm-hmm. local paper, yeah. although, you know, you're never always going to agree. Um, like for doctors, you want to, Have a board certified specialist and you can even go online within your state and see if they have any malpractice suits and you can do research and see in a more objective manner what what their background um, is and how they're doing like for a doctor or a lawyer. Like for the Virginia State Bar, you can go online and and see if there have been complaints. You can look at hospital reviews and their infection rate. The CDC tracks that. There are also, you know, U.S. News has hospital rankings, consumer reports. Um, you know, for attorneys, we have different organizations that have strict membership requirements. There's the American Academy of Matrimonial Attorneys or Matrimonial Lawyers. And there's the College of Trust and Estate Counsel. Um, the American College of Trust and Estate Council. I mean, to be a member or a fellow of these organizations is difficult. And it's an indication of somebody who is definitely an experienced practitioner and someone who probably has, you know, real high quality cases, high quality outcomes. So you kind of know what you're getting.
0: So they've already been pre-vetted. And I imagine that the same could be said for uh, medical doctors and medical professionals. They have their own accreditation too.
1: Right. You know, exactly. Like I wouldn't, for my child, when I take them to the doctor, I go to make sure that it's a board-certified pediatrician. Some of these certifications are very good indications of what you're getting. Now,
0: when I was teaching college composition, one of the assignments was to write an evaluation or a review. And the first thing that we always did was you had to generate a set of criteria by which you would evaluate this thing that you are going to evaluate or review. And I would suggest that to our listeners, if you're out there looking for a good or a service, what exactly are you looking for? What do you need it to do? Shape, cost, that type thing. And then compare the product to your evaluative criteria. The other thing is, when you read reviews, stick with the factual reviews with specific features not the ones that are laden with adjectives like on Amazon you'll sometimes see awesome, life-changing, amazing. Make sure that it has specific features that match your criteria. And if there are negative features, make sure they're backed up with facts, not just vague claims, specifics. Another thing on Amazon, for example, is you can see if the person who wrote the review is a verified purchaser.
1: Have you guys ever done an online review? I have, yeah. And I one thing it. I
0: try to do is if it's positive, I, I make sure I review it positively, too. I don't just post negative reviews. Mike, yeah. how about you?
2: I, I've only done it once, um, and that was for a, uh, a health care provider who I have an ongoing relationship with and who takes great care of me. I look at this whole world of online reviews with uh, a lot of skepticism. unless unless there's With a jaundiced eye? A, yeah, right, <laughs> right. Uh, unless there's a clear trend... You know, I often look for, I I will use them for items, big items I'm about to purchase. Kathy and I just bought a backpacking tent. And um, you can find out some really interesting things about a backpacking tent if you dive into uh, not just one set of reviews, but you go to multiple sources and look at different sets of reviews. Anyhow, I just, having been involved in politics and knowing what goes online and that so much of it is either designed to aggravate or inflame, some of it's just not factual, I look for the metadata. I look for the big trends. I also am very impressed when a vendor takes the time to come back and respond. For example, you often see this in lodging. So when you go to review a a bed and breakfast, Kathy and I took a trip through Vermont last year and we went to several different country inns and we carefully considered where we would stay and looked at reviews. And in a couple of those places, the owner would come back and respond to reviews in a respectful, meaningful way. And that to me said, wow, okay, here's somebody who cares. Now, maybe a client or a customer had a a less than positive experience, but the person running the place really cares. And so that was a big plus. So I'm very skeptical about online reviews. I use them in a very limited way. And frankly, I have, if I remember right, I have only put out one myself.
1: Have you written reviews, Kelly? I haven't. I'm pretty skeptical about it as well. And I really make sure I communicate verbally. Uh, So if I'm not satisfied with the service, I will talk with the manager or – there's so many different people that are in charge. You know, if it's a restaurant, obviously it's the manager. If it's if it's a, a law practice or a medical practice, there's often a practice manager. But, right. you know, I'll, mm-hmm. I'll convey my concerns there. I did have one occasion – probably 7 or 8 years ago where i was really very dissatisfied with the service and i spoke to the manager and then i spoke to like a corporate person outside of the office and i really wanted to post a Yelp review and, and i just got so busy i didn't do it and i regret it because i really it was like a local mortgage broker and he was just really bad oh so you wanted to post a negative review I did, and I want you know, and I, I would be factual and constructive, but and specific, I really, yeah. I, I mean, I he was he was kind of a bad egg, and I hmm. so I regret that, and I still think about it. But you know, to do so, you have to. I mean, people are going to laugh at me because I'm so technologically challenged. But you know, you have to sign up with Yelp and be a verify. I don't know what you have to do, but you got to do yeah. all these things. And I was like, oh, I don't want to, I don't want to do that. Kelly, I I, I get it. You and like me both. Hard. <laughs>
2: I don't value that part of <laughs> <Yeah>. life. <laughs> I'd rather live life in person with real conversations and real time and not, not. So Me many too. people are and, comfortable and, with the online world that we've created, and I'm, I'm not among them. So
1: Hiding and behind I, their keyboards. Yeah, yeah, yeah right, that's what I was right. thinking, Marna. And there's something, I don't want to say There's it's dishonest, because it's a big part of the world and we all participate in it. I do every day at work, but there's just something... Uh, honest about just looking somebody in the eye and and expressing your concerns or your satisfaction whatever Mm -hmm. it is
0: right and that's some advice that we give often on this show is try to take care of it at the most immediate direct level right person to person
1: right and obviously if that doesn't work like in your mri example or my bad mortgage broker example then that really would be a time to get online, but try to be constructive and you know, explain what happened. But you got to be short. Like I I know when I see those those reviews that are like three paragraphs long, I'm like, "Oh my goodness, this person is like who would spend time doing this? I'm not reading it. They're not they okay." They
2: <laughs> have too much time on their hands. You
1: know?
0: One review I wrote, I probably the most recent review was for a real estate agent who we had an appointment to look at some property and she didn't show up and then she called the next week, or no, she didn't call. She wrote me an email saying that she had company at that time, so she couldn't meet me. But let's oh, set up another time.
2: Not good. And we good. set up
0: another time. The second time, she didn't show up. So after that, I I just wrote her back and said I was taken care of by another agent. But I did put a, a review online saying specifically what she did. She
1: yeah, she I mean, bailed on me
0: twice. She's not dependable. That's unbelievable. Yeah,
1: I wouldn't. After the first time, I would have been like, yeah, no, that's okay. I mean it's fine to like to reschedule but if you don't have the common courtesy to reach out to a potential customer or client in advance I mean are you kidding me that's her she's basically saying yeah well something came up and it was more important than you Yes that's... she yeah
0: she said that twice by the way yeah, yeah I mean but I have some books on Amazon that I wrote and there have been some some negative reviews mostly positive I don't mind negative reviews I mean you put your stuff out there and you get what you get But what bothers me is when somebody says, well, this book wasn't what I thought it would be. They said, I thought it would be this, and it's this. Well, did you not read the synopsis of the book on Amazon? That would have told you what it was. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Whose fault is that?
2: Yeah. A lot of people want to transfer their problems to somebody else. And uh, the but thing even, with online reviews is you can do that anonymously. So again, just doesn't doesn't work for me real well.
1: I appreciate it at some level because it does give me some guidance, especially when I'm in a different place where I really don't know anybody, you know, if you're traveling or whatever. It, it has limited value, I guess.
0: Some limited value, but you, you do find it useful. And I find the ones that are the most full of specific, good or bad, the most useful. The more you can read, the better. I think it's more helpful.
1: And as Mike said, go to different sources. Like sure look at the Yelp reviews, but, but then if you're online, take the time to go look at, you know, maybe more objective professional type reviews you know if you're buying a backpack you can go to consumer reports you can maybe the sierra club i don't know there's like there's going to be different places where there's going to be some really good information available
0: be an informed consumer exactly and uh, not necessarily by the grapevine either so i got a little bit of information be careful when you leave a bad review i got this from the kim commando website choose your words carefully or you might get sued a Denver wow. man was sued for $125,000 for a negative review of a flooring job, which he said was, quote, botched. A woman in New York was sued by a doctor for a million dollars after a scathing online review. And then a South Carolina woman was sued by a restaurant after she wrote a review saying that they wouldn't accept her coupon. <laughs> These wow. are called slap lawsuits, and they can be complicated, lengthy, and expensive. Many times the person who wrote them will have to get engaged with them and pay legal fees, perhaps damages, apologies, and remove the offending review. So it goes back to what we were saying. When you write a review, be factual, be specific, and be able to back up your claims.
1: There's always people that are lit- litigious. There's always idiots out there, and I guess you got to be mindful of that. You are entitled to your opinion, it's not defamatory if it's based upon your opinion or if it's true. We are entitled to our opinion. Well, in the case of like the, the
0: flooring job, which he said was botched, is the company right or wrong to sue? I wouldn't bother.
1: I mean, that's just, I mean, if they came in to me and, and wanted my opinion, I I guess I'd have to assess how badly they were damaged you know, what the circumstances were, but I probably would start by, you know, sending a letter to the reviewer and giving them the opportunity to take it offline or correct it or take different steps and allow them to make it right. And if they didn't, I I don't know that I would I would represent that client. I, I might send them to somebody else because, like you said, you're, I don't know what there is to be gained.
0: Mm-hmm. I'm sure that company just wanted that bad review removed.
1: I don't know a lot about this, but I think there are companies out there that can go online and clean up your reputation. I don't know how they do it, but... I think they pile on a
0: lot of positive ones, reviews, and drown out the negative ones,
1: as well as try yeah. to get the
0: negative ones removed.
2: Just put the yeah. push the ratings up. Yeah, it's, it's for it's very, again, that's why I have such a jaundiced view of this whole world and that uh, it tends to be more negative than positive. Sometimes it just is not what it seems.
1: You can be manipulated yeah, I Absolutely. mean, we all have yeah. to be independent thinkers, for, for sure. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: And, and that's something to think about as you read reviews. Would your opinions match the reviewers? Are you the same demographic, same age, same financial? Is this mm-hmm. person like me? you got to ask yourself.
2: Right.
0: So I've got something interesting here from the New York Times by Carolyn Beaton. She Googled the Great Wall of China. It has a reviewed with an average of 4.2 stars. Listen to some of these negative comments. (laughs) Not very tall or big, just saying. I kind of liked it, sort of. I don't see the hype in this place. It's really run down and old. Why wouldn't you update something like this? (laughs) Yeah. No USB plug. It's only (laughs) 4,000
2: miles long.
0: No outlets anywhere. (laughs) And somebody else said, he's not really a wall guy.
1: (laughs) Oh, gosh. (laughs) I mean, some of those the people right, are being funny, but <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's sort of like J- Jay Leno or Conan O'Brien. I forget going out, jaywalking. Who won, yeah, who won the Civil War? This young woman's response was, "We did, we did." <laughs> yeah, who's the president? Uh, I mean, it's just like, uh-oh. I was reading uh, something online. It was just funny. It was about the internet and. You know, wife's calling to her husband, hey, you know, you, you come into bed. And he's like, hang on, I'm trying to correct something on the internet. Yeah, good luck with that. <laughs> good, yeah, good luck with that.
0: Yeah, another thing I noticed when I was writing my blog a couple years ago is when people would give me feedback on my blog online, the scathing tone, I couldn't take it. It was, some of it was so awful.
2: Yeah. Oh.
0: There, I, mean, I thought there's no need for it to be so awful. Yeah. You wouldn't say that to somebody's face.
2: No, yeah, that's see, why it's that's, so hard. That's what anonymity can do. If, if your comments are not tied to you as a real individual in the rest of your life and your relationships, you can say things which are just you'd, you'd never do in in real life.
0: Oh yeah. Um,
2: all right, so I'm going to reach deep here. Do you remember the 2007 song by Brad Paisley, which is "I'm So Much Cooler Online." Uh, All right. You probably don't, right? uh,
0: No, I don't. I don't. Okay. Well,
2: you know, there's a lot of people. There's a lot of people out there who (laughs) who live in that online world and they are so much cooler online or they're so much meaner online or it's where they exist in a significant piece of their lives. And yeah, not for me. So what do
0: we want to leave our listeners with on online reviews here?
2: All right. So I'll just say if it's important like you're looking at a lawyer or a doctor or some other very important professional service or let's say a high-cost purchase, you must, in my opinion, you have to go beyond the online world. You need to get a personal recommendation. You need to get something that will allow you to have some confidence that what you're about to invest in is worthwhile because you can be you can be led astray by the Internet. That's my two cents.
0: You can be led astray by the Internet. That is so true.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with Mike. I would just, you know, I would take, I would look at it, but take it with a grain of salt. You know, have reservations. Buyer beware, as you said, Marna. Definitely get word of mouth references. You know, talk to friends and neighbors. And then additionally, take that third step to try to find more objective professional reviews, whether it be, you know, Zagat for a restaurant or a local paper, you know, for your doctors, you're going to talk to friends and neighbors, you're going to see what their certifications are, you're going to look at your, you're going to go onto your state website and and see what they have there as far as complaints and malpractice judgments. And you're just going to kind of go through those steps.
0: That's good advice, Kelly. So use it as a tool. Don't take it too seriously, though, and use those other more formal evaluative criteria that are out there. And me personally, I'm just going to put this out there, too. Be sure and put a review when you have had exceptionally good service or found an exceptionally good product. I know it's our impulse to, to write about negative experiences, but don't forget to write about the positive ones, too. Yeah. That goes it's a great. long way.
2: It's a great thought, Marna. And uh It'll help that entire ecosystem if more people oh no, really? <laughs> yeah. If no, people will, yeah. put out legitimate positive comments and really identified the winners, I think that would make this whole thing work better. But that takes time. Yeah. A lot of people won't take that time.
1: Yeah. I definitely try to do that if I have a good experience at a restaurant or a doctor's office or whatever. You know, especially if it's somebody that is kind of, I I don't want this to sound bad, but sort of a lower level person that really goes out of their way to help. I make Mm -hmm. sure that I let management know or somebody know. But these people are hustling to make a living and if they go out of their way I so appreciate it yes mm-hmm. you know everybody wants to feel relevant yeah and that's a good way to help somebody feel relevant yeah. yeah not only just thanking them but like I can remember one time I flew into Philadelphia my car had been sitting in the parking lot for I don't know a week it was covered with ice and snow I got to the place I'm trying to get the car cleaned off i mean i can't get the ice off it i don't know why i didn't have the ice scraper and one of the young men that worked there came around i mean he helped me so much i didn't have any like money to give him like i wanted to give him like a little tip or five bucks and i didn't Mm -hmm. Uh, you know but i thanked him but when i left the parking lot because it was one of those private places off the airport when i paid in the little booth i told the woman i was like listen this this gentleman, and I described him, I said, please tell your management how much I appreciate, you know, and she was like, okay, she wrote down his name and everything. Because I was like, my goodness, this guy didn't That's need great. To do this.
0: Nice. You probably made his day, Kelly.
1: I hope so. People don't have to do that stuff. And we get so upset when they don't, right? When something happens, and people don't help. And you ask so when they do, it's just so refreshing.
0: Okay, let's end on that very optimistic note. Let's move on to listener email here. We got an email a couple weeks ago from Joan, and she said, Why is the woman, that's you, Kelly, why is the woman introduced as wife and mother first and the man as army vet? Sexist much? Joan, the bio was written by Kelly herself, and it was her preference to put wife and mother first. No sexism intended, but I'm going to ask Kelly to respond.
1: Yeah, that's right, Marna. You asked me how I wanted to be introduced, and... I thought about it, and that's how I wanted to be introduced. I didn't view it as sexist. I viewed it as reflecting my values and what's important to me. So I didn't want to just be a lawyer. I, the important things in my life are my family. That's what I really want to be good at. That's what I really want to excel at. It's a struggle every day. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Believe me, my family will tell you that. Yes. <laughs> yeah, so it wasn't sexist on your part or Mike's part. It's It's about who I am, so... I'm sorry, Joan, and that I'm not more progressive. Now, Mike, you're a husband.
2: Yeah. And
1: you mention your wife all the time. But right. uh, are you offended that we don't put
0: that in your description?
2: Well, you know, frankly, Marna, I, you asked me for a, a crisp intro or uh, whatever, whatever you want to call it, bio. All of us, we've done many things in our lives. There's lots I could talk about. I'm father of four. I'm husband of one. I'm brother of two. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. So what is it we want to put out there is just that first thing that people hear. And I think within the three of us here, we're trying to create um, a little, we want three people with sort of different life experiences and different skills and different approaches so that we can provide our listeners like Joan some, some different angles. You know, one thing here, Marna, and I know we've talked about this uh, offline, but um, we don't know much about you. So, perhaps uh, we can <laughs> we can true. throw that in there. You know, you, I'm just you your have, host. <laughs> you you I know you well, Marna. You are an incredible <laughs> person, and you've done all these remarkable things. So maybe maybe we. Uh, I'm comfortable with the way you um, introduce me, as is my wife Kathy. I mean, she's not taking offense. Let's hear more about Marna.
0: <laughs> well, well, you know, I think you mentioned Kathy all the time, so she's definitely less, she's like a a character in our podcast here. Yeah,
2: we As need to get her on for a guest. Kelly's husband and kids. <laughs> yeah, that's right. We do. <laughs> yeah, we
1: do. I'm we glad your
0: of one, though. Yeah, we're all human beings with families. I have, I'm a mother of two, young woman and a young man in their in their twenties and out of the nest. And I will often use anecdotes about them in the show to illustrate points. I also have a slobbering, shedding yellow lab who is snoring on the floor right beside me. <laughs>
2: yeah. Yeah, I didn't talk about my dogs.
0: Right,
1: you have two dogs. <laughs> it's a new thing to put on the website, so, pictures of the dogs. Yeah, so
0: we're, we're people. We're yeah. members of families and as well as our professions. Uh, but the most, I think, rewarding and enduring things are families oh, and I, relationships. I agree, Yeah, I
2: agree. And I, I, Frank Kelly, I admire your willingness to... Willingness—it's your desire to put that out there first. I think that's that shows great confidence. It does it reflects your values? And I—I I look at mine now and I go, hmm. All right. Does my my little intro reflect my values? Well, not quite like yours do, Kelly. Marna, maybe it's time for a revision.
1: Let me know if you yeah. want to change it, Mike. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but I do appreciate Joan writing in, and I think all questions and criticisms are welcomed.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Absolutely. We We love love hearing from you. It's definitely thought-provoking. Yeah, It's a discussion. It sure is.
0: Hey, let's keep this conversation going. Leave us an email or a voicemail at our website, www.ethicsandetiquette.com, and you can check out our Instagram, at Ethics Etiquette, and our Facebook page, Ethics and Etiquette. If you want to support what we're doing, subscribe to our podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. And we'd appreciate if you took the time to leave a positive review while you're there. And thank you to all of you who keep recommending Ethics and Etiquette to your friends and family. For Kelly Halligan-Zimmerman and Mike Derrick, I'm Marna Ashburn, and this is Ethics and Etiquette, a thought-provoking dialogue about everyday dilemmas. It's good to be with you, and please join us again. New episodes are posted the first and third Wednesday of every month. See you then.